At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer friendly hello, welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the baseball betting show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Decent Family Podcast, and we've got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment, going to be joined by Jason Reitowitz. He does a tremendous job over at Odds Checker, handicapping the game of baseball. On top of that, he does a little bit of work over there at PicksWise, Bookmaker Review, list goes on and on. He is going to be joining me as we're going to be taking a look at some of these division races that we've got. I know that he is a man out there in the great state of New York, so we're going to be talking about the Yankees. We're going to be talking about the Mets. We're also going to be diving into the slate for Friday as to what we've all got there. So a little bit of a wide-ranging chat with Jason in the second segment. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And you've got one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNNR41. Keep in mind, letters CM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. We did wind up getting in a question today as to gauging the effort of some of these guys. So let's dive into the Twitter mailbag and dive into this topic. So you have questions and Greg may or may not have any insight into them, but let's dive into the Twitter mailbag. When it comes to being able to gauge the effort that you think that a team is showing, this is really not something 
anything that you're able to do via analytics, taking a look at spreadsheet or anything like that, because until you wind up being able to have sort of a metric for effort, which, I mean, that just is darn near impossible. That's very, very subjective. You're just not going to be able to do that. The way that you wind up being able to gauge the effort that you're getting out of a team is just by simply sitting down and watching a team. I mean, we're able to take a look at some bad teams like the Oakland A's, for example, they have not punted on the season. These guys are trying incredibly hard. Now, the results have not necessarily been there for the Oakland A's this year. Not of anyone's fault out there on the field. Rather, management has been completely incompetent. And right now, selling off pieces left and right. And it looks like they're going to be moving to Las Vegas relatively soon. But everyone out there on the field, they have not given up on the season. Marcotte is doing all that he can as a manager of this team. Meanwhile, you've got a team like... Oh, I don't know, the Chicago White Sox, in which it feels like everyone hates their manager, and their manager is falling asleep in the first inning. A team like the Boston Red Sox coming out of the All-Star break, the fact that someone like a Jaron Duran winds up having a ball go over his head that he loses in the lights, and he just literally walks to the ball as a inside-the-park grand slam is happening. That is an example of bad effort. So, it's all about utilizing your eyes and just feeling in sort of your heart, for lack of a better term, not to get too deep here, but with that said, just feeling in your heart farts. All right, what is happening here? Are these guys actually giving me an honest effort or some of these guys not necessarily giving me 100%? And most guys do. I mean, you're going to have a few cases in which it's a 162-game season and sometimes you wind up having a lot on a guy's mind. Maybe there's something happening at home because they are away from home quite a bit. It is on the mind. There's just no way of knowing that unless a few are able to personally have a conversation with insert your shortstop here who doesn't have his mind on the game. But by and large, I do think that you get good efforts from a lot of these guys. You can tell that there are some teams, though, that they might be a little bit more distracted than others. And some might wind up having an incompetent manager like a 500-year-old that is managing the Chicago White Sox. So with that, let's take a look back at everything that we did wind up seeing in Major League Baseball on Thursday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Oh, speaking of the Chicago White Sox, they lost 21-5 against the Houston Astros in a game in which your manager once again looked like a complete and utter buffoon as where the Chicago White Sox, Lucas Giolito continues to be a stink burger for the team. Gives up seven runs over the course of three innings, including a homer. Vince Velasquez gives up two home runs, five runs over the course of three innings. Jose Ruiz gives up five runs in two innings, including homer. And Josh Harrison gives up four runs over the course of an inning as the Astros got 25 hits in this game. Trey Bumbo Mancini goes deep off of Giolito, 14th home run season. Alex Bregman has picked it up, 17th and 18th home runs of the season for him as he goes deep off of Vinny Velo twice, and then Jazz McCormick gets his 12th home run of the season. Luis Garcia, by no means a dominant start, gives up three runs over the course of five innings, including a home run to Yoan Mankata, 7th home run of the season, but bullpen at his back, and I mean the offense in general at his back. Brian Abreu, Rafael Motero, both deliver a scoreless thing, and then Will Smith, Phil Mayton, they give up a run over the course of their inning, but the Astros, relatively easy winners here. The Texas Rangers were relatively easy winners, 10-3. to Wind up having the Rangers take it to the Oakland A's as Zach Logue logged seven runs over the course of four and a third innings, including giving up a pair of homers. Going deep, you wind up having Brandon Lowe wind up getting his 17th home run of the season. Then it was home run number two of the season for Mark Mathis, who wound up beginning the season with the Milwaukee Brewers. From there, Domingo Tapia gives up one run and two and two-thirds innings. Austin Brewer 
gives up two runs in an inning himself and for Texas. Stunning Dane Dunning gives up two runs over the course of six innings. You did wind up lying a home run as Sheldon Noisy gets his fourth home run in the season but relatively solid start there. Brett Martin gives up a run in an inning and then Matt Moore and Jose LeClerc. They polish off the eighth and ninth innings. Speaking of a team that did not have it on this day, that would be the Colorado Rockies. They lose 13-0 to the St. Louis Cardinals as for Colorado, they did not wind up having a men in scoring position all game long as Antonio Sensatello got five outs, giving up five runs, all of which were earned. Austin Gomber from there, he got seven outs, giving up five runs, all of which were earned, including a home run going deep for the St. Louis Cardinals off of him. Albert Pools, who ever since the All-Star break is hitting north of a 350, his 12th home run of the season. And then Lars Newtbar would get his sixth home run of the season. That comes off of Robert Stevenson. He gives up two runs over the course of two innings. And the Bird, Jake Bird, gives up a run in two innings for the St. Louis Cardinals. Adam Wainwright, completely dominant, gives up three hits, no walks, seven punch-outs, and seven scoreless innings. Genesis Cabrera, Chris Ryan from there. They clean up the eighth and ninth innings. The DK Nation streak goes to 7-0-1 because our good friends in Milwaukee Brewers get the job done against the LA Dodgers by a count of 5-3. The Dodgers' second loss, I believe, in their last 15 games, so it's been going well for them, but it also went well for Andrew McCutcheon, by the way. Third loss in 16 games for the Dodgers. Just clean that up, but Andrew McCutcheon, two home runs in this one. His 12th and 13th of the campaign has both come off of Andrew Heaney and Hunter Renfro goes deep off of Heaney. His 21st home run season, you're figuring there's going to be a little bit of regression for Heaney, and he got 10 strikeouts and four two-thirds innings from his Gave up five runs, three of which were in, including three bombs. Reyes Mananta from there gives you an out of the bullpen without giving up a run. Alex Vizia, Phil Bickford, they combined for two scoreless innings, and David Price, a scoreless inning, but Corbin Burns, relatively solid start here. He did wind up getting left in a little bit too long, in my opinion. Gives up three runs in five and two-thirds innings. Rob Boxberger winds up getting it out of the bullpen before wind up having Taylor Rogers, Matt Bush coupled with Devin Williams. I'll give you a scoreless inning in for Williams. He has now allowed just one earned run over his last 38 appearances. He's given up a few unearned runs, but certainly has been very solid for this Brewers team. Speaking of pretty solid, how about the Chicago Cubs going on the road, taking down the Baltimore Orioles, who are very live in the wild card on 3-2 the finalists. All three runs for the Cubs come off of solo home runs. As Wilson Contreras gets his 18th and 19th home runs of the season, and Rafael Ortega gets his 6th for Spencer Watkins, the starter. Gives up a solo home run to Wilson Contreras, and that's it. Five and two-thirds innings, giving up one run. The other two bombs come off of Joey Crebo for a Baltimore bullpen that has been relatively solid. He gives up two solo home runs over the course of two innings. Brian Baker from there, four outside the bullpen without allowing a thing. But for Baltimore, not a lot doing an offense. Two of eight with men in scoring position as Adrian Sampson continues to be very solid for the Cubs. Five and two-thirds innings, scoreless. Sean Newcomb gives up two runs, one of which was earned in one and a third innings before Eric Yulman, along with Brandon Hughes. They come in for scoreless eighth and ninth innings. The New York Yankees just continue to have things not necessarily go their way. They wind up losing by kind of 9-2 as one of Frankie Montas winds up being able to deliver a few scoreless innings after a relatively rough start, but gives up six runs over the course of six innings, including a homer going deep off of him for the Toronto Blue Jays. Vladito Jr., Vlagero Jr., his 26th home run season for Montas in starts away from Oakland this season. He's got an ERA that is now north of a 6-2-5. It's been pretty deplorable as Albert Abreu, he winds giving up three runs, two of which were earned over the course of an inning, and Lucas Lukey, two scoreless innings out of him, but for the New York Yankees, not a lot doing an offense either. 
one of ten with men in scoring position as Jose Barrios, who entered in the start with a 750 road ERA. Gives up two runs, one of which was earned in six and two-thirds innings. A really good start. You say Kikuchi, why is it coming out of the bullpen for a scoreless inning? That shows you where he's at at this point. Jordan Romano, a scoreless inning, and Anthony Bass in out of the bullpen and for the Yankees. They are now, I believe, 9-17 and 17 in their last 26 games. It is not going great for them. Not going great for the Red Sox either. They wind up losing to the Pittsburgh Pirates by a count of 8-2. As for Boston, 1-3 of three with men in scoring position and Josh Winkowski did not live up to the win part of that last name. Six runs surrendered over the course of five innings, including a pair of bombs as Ryan Reynolds. Home runs number 19 and 20 on the campaign and JT Brubaker, he had something brewing in this one. Seven scoreless innings, Zach Thompson who has been a failure of a starter. He comes out of the bullpen and, well, not great. Gives up two runs while getting one out. Many Benuelos was able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And Colin Holderman lived up to his name. Squirrel setting out of him as Austin Davis had to come in for long relief, giving up two runs over the course of three innings for a Boston team that's back below 500 at 59 and 60. The Atlanta Braves in a good pitching matchup. They take down the New York Metropolitans by a count of 3-2. to two. Jacob deGrom has been a little bit shaky for this team. He gives up three runs in six and two-thirds innings. He did strike out nine from there. Seth Lugo winds up being able to get an out of the bullpen and Michael Givens a scoreless setting. But other than Marcana, not a lot doing off of Max Fried. Marcana, a double and a home run. His eighth home run of the season. He drove in both runs in this one as Freed. He gives up. Two runs over the course of seven innings from there. A.J. Mitchell, Rossi Iglesias combined for a scoreless inning. And Kenley Jansen, 28th save of the season. He's able to pitch a scoreless ninth. The Tampa Bay Rays, they were firing darts against the Kansas City Royals, 7-1. They wind up being able to get the job done as Max Castillo was acquired from the Toronto Blue Jays. He had actually a relatively solid start. He gives up one run over the course of five innings. That one run, a solo shot as he was taken deep by Yandy Diaz, seventh home run season. Later on, you would have Christian Bethencourt get his sixth home run season off of Josh Shamon and Stamont. Oh, not going well for him. He gives up a run in an inning since coming off the injured list. He has been a mess. And Brad Keller, he's out coming out of the bullpen. He was having a rough time as a starter. And the bullpen doesn't look to be the answer. He gives up five runs while getting two outs. That was not great as Amir Garrett won in a third inning scoreless end. You did wind up seeing for the Tampa Bay Rays a tremendous start from Luis Patino. Five and two-thirds inning scoreless for a guy that just has not been able to stay healthy. Colin Pooch far outside the bullpen without allowing a run. And then Sean Armstrong, two innings pitch. He does wind up allowing a solo run in this one as it's the first career home run of Michael Massey who's been hitting above a throw since getting called up by the Royals a few weeks ago. So that was able to help you out in terms of a totals perspective if you wound up taking that. But certainly was a very good night for the Tampa Bay Rays was a very good day for Zach Gallen as we like our unders by the gallon here on this podcast. Five to zero. The Arizona Diamondbacks take down the San Francisco Giants. Seven out of third inning scoreless from Gallon with 12 strikeouts. Just completely dominant. Kevin Ginkle, a scoreless setting, and Noe Ramirez. Barrett's out of the bullpen. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they go 4-14 with men in scoring position. Just the fourth regular season loss for the San Francisco Giants over the last two seasons when Logan Webb has been on the mound at home. And he got crushed. Five runs, three of which were earned, given up in four and two-thirds innings. Not helped by the fielding error by Jock Peterson, but certainly not his best. Thomas Zabucki from there, two and a third inning scoreless, and Zach Liddell was able to provide two scoreless innings, but one run would have been too many for Logan Webb to give up the way that Zach Allen was pitching, and then wound up seeing the San Diego Padres as north of a $3 favorite wind up losing. As a matter of fact, they closed north of a $4 favorite against the Washington Nationals as the Nationals get the job done by a count of 3-1 to one. as for the Nationals, 
Anibal Sanchez allows one hit. That one hit was a solo home run to Manny Machado over the course of five innings. Machado, 22nd home run season. And Hugh Darvish takes a loss as they trotted him out there for the ninth inning, put a pair of men on, and then Josh Hader cannot hold them on as Josh Hader has not been as dominant as he was towards the beginning part of this season. Darvish, he's charged with all three runs over the course of eight and a third innings, and he did wind up allowing a home run in this one to Eliermo Vargas, second home run season, and for the Washington Nationals, bullpen does their part. Jake McGee, Hunter Harvey, Victor Arano, these three guys combined for two scoreless innings before Carl Edwards Jr. gives you a scoreless inning, Kyle Finnegan a scoreless inning, and for the Padres, Things have not necessarily been going the world's greatest ever since they wound up having all their trade deadline acquisitions. The first game that they really had all those games live was in their series against the Colorado Rockies, and they wound up beginning without those trade deadline acquisitions with a record of 60-46, and 46. and here they sit right now at 66-55, and 55. so if my math is correct, they are 6-9 and nine in their last 15 games with all these guys that have come into the fold just not going well for the Padres. To say the least, and hey, the Nationals, another plus $3-ish cash from them. This one was north of $3, as a matter of fact, so kudos to them. And just off the top of my head, I'm going to see if I can get more set numbers on this because I'm doing this relatively late after the Padres lost, but if you bet $100 on the money line of every favorite north of $3, you're down at minimum $1,000 right now, even though they're hitting at a rate of about 65, 66 or so percent. It has been really, really bad. So that is not necessarily the world's greatest situation there. And if you're taking a look at the game of baseball right now, we've been noticing quite a few unders that have hit thus far this season, but we've been noticing over the last three days, things have been very even, Steve, and as you take a look at the last three days, and really ever since the All-Star break, since it's been about a month since the All-Star break, we have seen 182 overs to 182 unders. As 50-50 as it winds up getting home favorites, they've been able to do a solid job in this time span. As home favorites over the last three days, 150 and 81 straight up, so right around 65 or so percent, and they've been able to do a solid job of being able to cover the run line as these 150 home favorites, all but 36 have been able to do so. There have been one or two games that have been rainouts slash games that were called after like seven innings so you can't cash a run line there so they've been able to do a relatively solid job and season to date favorites they're hitting at a little bit over 60 percent 1057 and 702 straight up and if you take a look at overs and unders overall for the season 860 unders to 811 overs so 51 and a half percent of games they have gone under the total and for home favorites they are 672 and 440 straight up this season so hitting right around 60 and a half percent but among these home favorites We've seen 204 be unable to cover the run line. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now, and that's what we wound up getting on Thursday. Now let's turn the page forward to Friday and take a look at a lot of these divisional races with our good friend Jason Radowitz. He does a great job as a handicapper over there at Bookmaker Review, Odds Checker, and so much more. And he joins me next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Eason Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? 
I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he didn't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by our guest as Jason Reidowitz. Does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball and does so for a wide variety of places over there. At Picks Wise, Odds Checker, Bookmaker Review, Odds Jam, you're able to go down the list. Does an incredible job day in and day out taking a look at the game of baseball. And 
You're able to follow Jason on Twitter at his name, Jason underscore Radowitz. Last name is spelled R-A-D-O-W-I-T-Z. And Jason, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, look, we're already in the middle of August, getting closer to postseason baseball. A couple of teams are kind of back in the race. Some are kind of falling out of the race uh, in the playoffs. It's been a lot of fun. Excited to see what happens moving forward. Yep, it certainly has been a lot of fun to take a look at. And it is always fun to take a look at a lot of these playoff races as well as I know that you're a New York Mets fan and it just is a completely different New York Mets team than what we've seen in the past because I'm sure that we both know that it's been a little bit brutal down the stretch for the Mets in recent years trying to be able to make the postseason. But I think that Buck Walter is exactly what the team needed. And unlike in past years, it feels like this Mets team is getting stronger and stronger. We're doing this before we wind up knowing exactly what wound up happening on Thursday. But every single time it looks like the Mets are a little bit down to their credit, they've been able to bounce back. And as a result, they've got the best record coming off of a loss of any team in baseball. Yeah, the Mets have been great. Now, you know, obviously you got two injuries at starting pitcher now. So they have to go with David Peterson and Trevor Williams against Philadelphia over the weekend. But, you know, that's the thing. The Mets have a little bit of depth at starting pitcher this year, something they never really had in the past. So Mets just having Showalter as the manager, Steve Cohen as the owner. Things just kind of moving in the right direction for the Mets. It's a different team. You know, when people kind of bring out, you know, the, the stats from, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago, and they're like, oh, well, this, the Mets in the last five years have done this. Well, like you have to take into account that like, you know, teams have been really different compared to five years ago. And like teams like the Mets where they have a different owner, a different manager, and they're just way more put together as a ball club from top to bottom. Obviously that's going to help an, an organization and a franchise. So yeah, the Mets have been really fun. They've been you know, a great team to watch. You know, they're never out of the game, even if they're, you know, it looks like they're down. They're always a chance. And Mr. David Peterson has brought a lot of pride to the last name Peterson this year. He's been able to do a terrific job. So looking forward to his start on Saturday. But with that said, I do take a look at this Mets team and I don't know if I would put them on the same wavelength as the Dodgers right now. I think that they are clearly the best team in the National League, but we have seen the Dodgers time and time wind up crumbling in the month of October. And what I'm taking a look at right now with the Dodgers is they've got one real weak point because the offense has been solid. I mean, they're getting production out of Joey Gallo right now. Just ask anyone from the state of New York. That is something that was very, very hard to come by over the last 12 months. But when it comes to the Dodgers, my big fear is that if they continue to have Craig Kimbrell in the closer spot, and it looks like Broussard or Gratterall along with Blake Trinan are getting a little bit closer to returning, that could be the albatross that winds up costing this Dodgers team because Dodgers, once again, I think that they've got the most talent of any team out there in the National League, but with the Braves lurking, with the Mets lurking, heck, the Phillies have been playing much better baseball out there in the NL East as well. The Cardinals, I like what they did at the trade deadline. It is far from a slam dunk that the Dodgers are going to be able to make that run, and the closer spot might be the difference. Yeah, but you know, the great thing about the Dodgers is that you know they usually win games by you know, multiple runs, and they usually have a nice little cushion thanks to their starting pitching. Obviously, guys like Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson have put up ridiculous numbers. And and same with Heaney, disregard what we just saw from him yesterday. But the Dodgers' starting pitching has been very good, and their hitting, obviously, is always very, very good. And so they're able to, you know, have that cushion when they get to the ninth inning. So that's obviously really good for the 81-win Dodgers. But, yeah, look, the the NL is wide open. I think we say this every year, the, the MLB, you can never really pick the winner. In other leagues, you know, in the NBA, the NFL, you kind of know who's going to win. And you're like, all right, well, they're definitely going to be in the championship 
game or championship series. But when it comes down to the MLB, it's very different. Like we didn't predict the Braves would be in the World Series without Ronald Acuna, and there they were. So uh, baseball is so unpredictable in that regard. Obviously, game to game, it's very predictable for you and I. Obviously, we're great cappers. But in the grand scheme of things, yeah, baseball is a lot tougher to predict when it comes to the champion of the league. And that's what makes it really fun. It is always a whole lot of fun, as Jason Radowitz does a great job with a wide variety of platforms, odds checker, picks wise, list goes on and on. He is joining me talking to baseball right here on the Baseball Betting Show. And Jason, I do think that taking a look at the American League is interesting as well, because you're a man that you're out there in the New York area. And with the Yankees, I don't think that they're as bad as they played post-All-Star break. I don't know if they're going to be able to duplicate what they want to do on pre-All-Star break either, but... I take a look at the landscape of the American League, and I just think that everything winds up running through the Astros right now. I think that the Yankees, despite their struggles, are still that number two team. The Mariners have been impressing me a little bit, but I take a look at the American League, and it just feels a little bit less open with regards to some of those teams like the Baltimore Orioles, like the Rays, that are fighting for those wild card spots. And I think that the wild card race is going to be tremendous, but I do take a look at the American League, and I feel like the difference between the Astros and the Yankees and everyone else in the American League much more substantial than that of the Dodgers and everyone else in the National League. Yeah, look, the Yankees, they were obviously overachieving in the first half of the season. And, you know, good for them. Like, you know, they they overachieved. Their starting pitching was just tremendous, and then obviously got worse as the season progressed. And then, you go into the second half of the season and, you know, they struggled a little bit. You know, the additions that they made or the subtractions that they made really weren't great. If you look at it now, I mean, obviously not too deep in the, you know, in the second half of the season. So it's hard to say, but like getting rid of Montgomery probably wasn't the best idea. Now the Cardinals figured out that he was tipping pitches before he was traded. They helped him out. And now Montgomery has been really good for the Cardinals. And like you said, the NL, there's so many, different contenders. And like you also said, the Cardinals had a great trade deadline. You know, the Yankees, the Ben attendees, not haven't really been doing kind of what they were hoping. Montas hasn't been terrific either. So, you know, it, it is what it is with the Yankees. You know, they, they were really good in the start of the season. They're really bad right now. But, you know, I think we could both agree that they're in the middle of that. They're not that bad. And they weren't that good from when they started off the season. So they're somewhere in the middle. But if their pitching can, you know, get back to being – somewhat decent, if like Nestor Cortez, James Italian, if those guys can figure it out and Garrett Cole can, you know, stay consistent and not have those blowout innings, the Yankees will be fine. Their offense will come around. They have the best hitter in the league in, in Aaron Judge this year. So the Yankees are what they are, but they'll be in the playoffs. They'll compete. And uh, that's all you can ask for out of the Yankees. But the rest of the, you know, the AL is going to be lots of fun. The wild card is stacked with a bunch of great teams fighting. Even like the Red Sox still have a chance, which is just mind boggling because they've had some <laughs> brutal brutal stretches this season but they're still in the mix like let's be honest so it should be lots of fun to see what happens in, you know in august and september i'm pretty sure if the red sox make the playoffs they'll be the first team to ever allow 29 <laughs> runs in a game and ever make the playoffs i have not done my research on that stat but i feel pretty confident in saying that one <laughs> so should be very fascinating to see what we wind up getting out there and we're talking about the Yankees, and I do think that the game that we're going to be seeing on Friday is going to be a good one as well, as Yankees are a slight favorite here against the Toronto Blue Jays with Kevin Gosman going against James Tatan. Right now, I'm seeing it a lot of places, right around a minus 115 to a minus 120 price. 
on the New York Yankees and a total of eight. And I think that's intriguing to take a look at Kevin Gosman because the advanced numbers are amazing with Gosman. But at the same time, every time I take a look at Kevin Gosman pitch, I think he gets a little bit unlucky. I also don't necessarily agree with how good the advanced stats are with him. And for James to tie on, He's been far from terrific, but every single time he takes them out, it feels like all the Yankees' runs wind up getting siphoned in because they give up all the run support in the world. I don't know what you wind up making out of this one, but I think it's one of the most interesting games on the board for Friday. Yeah, and you know, I'm not like the biggest fan of Jamison Talion. I don't think he's as good as his ERA is when it comes to 3.95 and his record 11-3. and I, I don't think he's that good, but for whatever reason, like you said, he gets a lot of run support. And he escapes. He escapes champs. He escapes whatever. And he comes away with like a quality start. And you're just like sitting there wondering how he did that with, you know, like three or four strikeouts in the game. But that's him. And he's been getting the job done. And that's what counts for the Yankees. And obviously, like you said, Gosman, I'm a big analytics guy. That's why I agree with you. I think his you know numbers are very, very good. He still has only a 3.16 ERA. And yet he's 8-9 on the year. So a guy like Jameson Talion, he's 11-3 with a 3.95 ERA. Gosman, a losing record eight and nine with a 3.16 ERA, almost you know a point better in ERA with 142 strikeouts when Talion only has 108 strikeouts. So obviously Gosman's a better pitcher. Talion's been getting the more run support. He's been winning a lot more, but uh, obviously I would side with Gosman here. I think he's the better pitcher, and the Yankees offense is not produced. You know, obviously they did in the extra inning game, but outside that they've been very inconsistent. So I would side with the Blue Jays in this game despite them being on the road. And Clay Holmes being on the injured list and just his general regression has really hurt that team as well. So it's going to be fascinating to see what we wind up getting out in that one as Jason Ryder with tremendous MLB handicapper joining me right here on the podcast. And then what else I think is interesting to take a look at, the Chicago White Sox as they trot out their guy that has been absolutely terrible this year. Lance Lynn, and right now we're seeing the White Sox as right around a plus 110 to a plus 120 underdog against Cleveland Guardians, who trot out their Tristan McKenzie. We've seen the Cleveland Guardians be completely disrespected all year long in the futures market on a game-by-game basis as well. I feel like they're a little bit underrated, and with the White Sox, they've got a lot of talent, but the one thing that's holding them back is that they've got a manager that's about 900 years old that's falling asleep during games. I'm not sure about you, but until we see even a bigger adjustment on the Chicago White Sox, I don't like them in the futures market. I don't like them in a game-by-game perspective. And Lance Lynn is a guy that I do not want to put my money on right now. Yeah, you know, the White Sox, it's been uh, pretty interesting this year. They were supposed to be a lot better than they were. Yeah, they had a lot of injuries, but, you know, guys are starting to come back. I know Luis Robert, you know, he's been injured. With injury, he came back and he got injured again. And so it is what it is with him. But like you said, LaRusso has been falling asleep. You know, a fan had to tell him to put in Angle as the pinch runner. So that's <laughs> that's pretty pathetic if you're the manager of the White Sox listening to a fan screaming your name, telling you, you know, what decisions to make, which was clearly the obvious decision. And so, like, I'm not going to tap the fan on the back for saying it, but, like, it's just pathetic that, you know, he had to be the one to tell them to do such a thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, with Lance Lynn, he's been terrible. Um, we're not used to seeing this bad out of him. I think at the start of the season, when he got into the you – know, when he was starting, I think, you know, he was looking pretty good, and then he would kind of get into his little ruts. He had bad innings, and then they would get to him, and then it would just be a disaster from there. And so, you know, Lynn has not been any good this year. I don't think anything's going to change either. I think he is what he is this year. On the other hand, you have McKenzie. His strikeout numbers aren't nearly as high as they used to be, like when he first came up in the league, but – 
Still, a 3.14 ERA. That is very, very good for Tristan McKenzie, who has a bright future ahead if he can get more strikeouts on the season. Obviously, his record 8-9, and nine, but he's still, he's still been very, very good in keeping the Guardians in game. So the Guardians at home with a 63-55 record going up against the White Sox club that is going to throw out Lance Lynn. I like the Guardians in this game, and I think the Guardians could end up winning that division. We'll see what happens, but the Guardians are good enough to be able to win it. Yep, and a start involving Lance Lynn just should not involve a total of 7.5. I recognize that the Guardians are not hitting too many home runs at home, but Lance Lynn, just not a guy that I trust to be able to keep this total under either. And Jason, when it comes to what we're all getting on Friday, is there anything else that's standing out to you, whether it be from a betting perspective or just a game that you want to sit back, watch, because it might wind up having some big implications as to what winds up happening in October and beyond? Yeah, you know what? The Giants have been so annoying this year. They're 59-59. and 59. They just lost. A game yesterday. Now they're you know going up against Jose Urena of the Rockies, and Urena's a guy that like you know throughout my betting time, I've bet against him so much. I mean, this is a guy with a whip that's just so high. He's so bad, puts so many runners on base. But I feel like the Giants, they always strike out in big spots. They're just a big strikeout team in the first place. But Urena doesn't get many strikeouts, and so if the Giants can just put the ball in play, I think they can get a lot of runs against Urena. So it's a risk betting the Giants this year. They've been so hot and cold, so odd as a team. But against Urena, I do think that they'll be able to figure it out. If they don't strike out, they're going to put the ball in play. And when you put the ball in play, good things happen. Just ask the New York Mets about that. And uh, Spencer Strider, of course, as well. So I'm going to be betting the Giants against the Rockies with that team total. You know, I'm not a fan of Urena at all. I am right there with you. It's been a case which Jose Urena wound up having a couple nice starts. He has very much regressed from there. And the Giants, to your point, but a very, very interesting team that I think it's very clear that they do miss Buster Posey. And whenever you're not on the podcast, Jason, we do miss you. It's always great to have you aboard. You do an amazing job over there with a wide variety of platforms. I know that you're doing a lot over there at Bookmaker Review, along with Odd Checker, but I know you provide content over there at a wide variety of places. So let the good people at home know what's all on do- what's all on the docket for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, of course. You can find me on Twitter at Jason underscore Radowitz. That's R-A-D-O-W-I-T-Z. College football is coming up. So I'll have some college football articles coming up soon, along with baseball. And then, of course, NFL right behind it. And then after that, you got college basketball, which I know is Greg, his favorite sport and also mine, some of the football guys that, but yeah, big college basketball guys. So I'll have all those articles and, you know, all those exciting bets up as well when those uh, sports start beginning as well and have a lot of fun. This is the time of year where all the sports start to play. So obviously that time of year. Yep, it is the best time of year, and Jason always provides the goods when it comes to college basketball, when it comes to baseball. Guy is a relentless worker day in and day out, always pumping out content over there at a wide variety of places, and whatever he joins this podcast, always lends great nuggets like he did today. So big thanks to Jason for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. I give you a fix and analysis out of game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4. 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, 
but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get Jason Radowitz on the show. Does an amazing job. Over there, bookmaker review, odds checker, list goes on and on. A handicapper that contributes for a wide variety of platforms. And every single time he joins this podcast, always does an amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we 
Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we go with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So without further ado, first National League game up is 901-902 on the betting board. It is the Milwaukee Brewers. They hit the road. They're facing off against the Chicago Cubs. As Keegan Thompson is going to be going for the Cubs, and Aaron Ashby on the bump for the Brewers. Most books do not have a lineup on the total since it is a Wrigley Field game. A lot of it depends on the win, but I'm seeing a straight nine out there with the over at a minus 120 and the under even with the Brewers. You're finding them between minus 132 and minus 140 favorites. Between plus 120 and plus 122 is your price on Chicago. And with the Cubs, I felt like they should have been the favorite in this spot. So I do think that this is one of which it should be pretty much flipped because Aaron Ashby, I recognize that he has pitched better than his record would indicate. He's gotten just two wins as far this season. He's been a little bit of a tough luck loser, but when it comes to Aaron Ashby, he has the tendency to knock himself out of a game very early, right around 4.25 walks per nine innings. He's given up right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings and has not been the same guy when he's been away from Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, you've got Ashby posting up a 360 home area, 455 area on the road, giving up eight bombs in 61 and a third innings. Away from home, opponent's batting average rises by 80 points. And then for Keegan Thompson, he has been a master at Wrigley Field thus far. He's got a 360-70 area overall, but that falls to a 240 at home compared to a 584 on the road and has kept the ball in the yard. Three home runs in 63 and two-thirds innings. Now, part of that is because he has been pitching a lot in Wrigley when the wind has been blowing in. This is one of these cases in which it looks like the wind is going to be blowing out right around 10-ish miles per hour, give or take a little bit during the time of this game. But when it comes to the Cubs, they've been able to heat up a little bit. That's what happens when you wind up going up against Washington Nationals, but they followed up yesterday with a nice win. You've got Wilson Contreras and Patrick Wisdom heating up in terms of power. A combined 40 home runs out of these two gentlemen. And then when it comes to Contreras, P.J. Higgins, the other catcher, along with Ian Happ. These guys are having right around a 355-ish on base. Nico Horner is hitting above a threader. Christopher Morell has been able to move the line for the team as well. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, one thing that's really lacking with them is that other than Mark Brasso, who has been a little bit of a situational guy, someone that I've seen right around 115 at-bats thus far this season, you really don't have anyone that is sitting above, I would say, about a 255. As you've got Christian Yelich, Andrew McCutcheon, when he's been out there, Jonathan Davis, Hunter Renfro, Colton Wong. These guys are in between about a 240 to a 255-ish, and that's about it. Andrew McCutcheon did wind up having a multi-home run game yesterday, and you do have Rowdy Telez along with William Thomas, both having 23-plus home runs this season. And for Hunter Renfro, he's been getting a home run every about 14 or so at-bats, but for the Brewers, they did wind up having to use up more of their trustworthy bullpen pieces yesterday, like Brad Boxberger, like Devin Williams, and I will say for Devin Williams, he's given up one earned run across his last 38 appearances. He has been dominant. used just 12 pitches yesterday, so that is the kid to be rock solid for the team. Hobie Milner has been able to do a solid job in the bullpen as well, and while the Chicago Cubs did wind up trading away a lot of their bullpen pieces at the trade deadline, Rowan Wick has been able to pick it up ever since he had a very, very bad month of June into early July. He's been able to find it ever since, and Anderson Espinosa has been someone that's been a little bit up and down for the Team, but Brandon Hughes is someone I like. He's been able to provide right around a 3 ERA as well, so I do think that it's a case in which we've got a pitching advantage here with you Chicago Cubs. I feel like they should be the favorite in this spot. Want to make them minus 124, and I think that Ashby going to knock himself out of this game relatively early because of his command issues.
issues. The wind is going to be blowing relatively out, and the Cubs are starting to heat up in terms of being able to hit the deep ball. Semi total at a 9.7. So at a 9, I'm looking over, and I'm looking at the Cubs getting a plus price. 903, 904 on the betting board. It is the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are in Cincinnati. In the words of Bill Belichick, they're under the road facing off against Pittsburgh Pirates. Bryce Wilson is going to be going for the Buckos and Graham Ashcraft. Hoping to not be a load of Ashcraft for the Reds. This is a game that's off the board. We did not know if Wilson was going to be pitching in this game or not until the evening time, but I've got my handicap. Set the Reds as a minus 132 road favorite with a total of 8.7. So, in after less looking over 9 or higher to the under now. The fear that you've got with the Reds is that they average a little bit over 5 runs per game when they are at home. Meanwhile, on the road, falls more around 3.5. And, and currently, you've got Don Vincelano on paternity leave. And congratulations to him. Nick Senzel, Joy Votto, these guys have been dealing with injuries all season long. But you still have guys that are able to move the line for this team when he's been out there because he's been a little bit banged up himself. Mark Reynolds has been able to do a solid job. Jonathan India. He's fresh off the injury list ever since he wanted coming off the IL in late June, early July. He's been able to provide right around about a 350 on base. You've been able to get a little bit more recently as well out of an unlikely source in Jake Fraley, who he has looked very Fraley throughout his career, but ever since he got recalled to the big leagues, has had a 370 batting average over his last 30 days. So he's been relatively impressive for this team and with the Reds. Big issue that you've got with them, the bullpen. Joel Kunal, Revier Sam Martin, Hunter Strickland. You're able to throw in there Luis Sessa, Ian Capo, all these guys. Plus, you got north of a 5 ERA, but with the Pittsburgh Pirates, you do have J.C. Young, you do have Will Crow. Both of these guys are able to register sub-3-4 ERAs and are able to deliver a little bit of length, but Bryce Wilson has certainly had his issues all season long, posting up an ERA that is a 5.93, and they've really manifested themselves at home. 7.50 home ERA, 5.13 ERA on the road. He has given up a home runs per nine rate right around about a 1.6 is walks per nine despite the fact that he's not too much of a strikeout guy it's hovering right in the neighborhood about a 2.6 got issues upon issues there now when it comes to Bryce Wilson he's been able to calm down a little bit more in his most recent starts three runs of fear given up in four out of his last five so credit where credit is due there but a lot of that did, did wind up coming against more uneven competition and for the Pittsburgh Pirates they just don't necessarily back him up very well I've been very impressed by what I've seen out of Mr. Brian Reynolds this season. He's been able to supply 18 home runs, moving the line, hitting a 260, and then you've got Kevin Newman who's been able to ride around 270, but Brian Hayes is currently on the injured list, and then you've got O'Neill Cruz. You're able to throw in there Tyler Heineman, Gregory Allen, Yoshi Satsugo, Belay Madreras. All these guys are hitting right around at 225 or lower. You don't necessarily have a lot of offense to be able to back him up, and Graham Ashcraft, a little bit more of a pitcher contact guy himself. When it comes to Ashcraft, he's been getting just under six strikeouts per nine innings. Does a good job with command, 2.3 walks per nine innings, right around a home run per nine, which is why he's been one of the most profitable pitchers out there in the big leagues if you've been betting on him on a game-by-game perspective. 356 home ERA, 446 ERA on the road, on the road, giving up a little bit less than home run per nine innings. I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to muster some offense against the other starting pitcher, but I think that Wilson's the one that gets blown up a little bit more, and I think that the Reds have a better lineup. So, set the Reds minus 132, 8.5 for less, looking over 9 or higher to the under. 9 to 5, 9 to 6 on the bank board. The Philadelphia Phillies, they're going to be playing us in New York Mets. Chris Bassett has the hook, line, and sinker for the Mets. And Aaron Supernola is going to be going for the Phillies. The Phillies are a favorite of anywhere between minus 118 and minus 125. And between plus 105 and plus 110 is your price on the Metropolitan. Eight is your total. The under is minus 120. And the over is even. I want to say my total at 6.8. I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. And when it comes to the Phillies, was willing to lay up to a minus 120. So we are at the edge of what I'm willing to lay with the Phillies. But I'm going to be willing to lay it with Aaron Nola throughout his career. He's always been better at home rather than on the road. 
except for this season. A 421 home ERA compared to a 213 ERA on the road. Now, what Aaron Nola has been able to do a supreme job of this season, he's not giving out any walks whatsoever. His walks per nine rate is below 1.4. It's been incredibly impressive. He's given up less than home run per nine innings, but at home, that winds manifesting itself to right around about a 1.35 to a 1.4. And this is despite the fact that opponents are getting a 209 off of him when he's at home on the road. This winds going to a little bit closer to a 220. And then you take a look at what Chris Bassett has been able to do, and he's been able to do a very solid job of being able to keep the walks down as well, right around about 2.3 to 2.4 walks per nine innings. Had a big-time issue with the deep ball towards the beginning part of the season. That's been reined in a little bit more. Now he's back to giving up right around 1 to 1.1 home runs per nine innings. Still has had his issues on the road for 24 ODRA compared to a 255 ERA at home, but by and large has been able to do a very solid job. And then what is backing up these two gentlemen, and for the Philadelphia Phillies, really ever since we wound up seeing Joe Girardi get canned, the bullpen has been able to take off. You've been able to get really good innings out of Corey Canable in the seventh innings, or Anthony Dominguez, Brad Hand. These guys have been terrific, and then David Robertson, who they picked up at the trade deadline, he has been able to do some amazing work. On the flip side, Seth Lugo has had a little bit of an up-and-down season, but over the last 40 days, he's been able to post up right around a 2 ERA. Yoli Rodriguez has been looking a little bit better recently, but you do have a little bit of an issue with the bridge to be able to get to Edwin Diaz, who trumpets are always out from. He always does an amazing job in that ninth inning, but then you take a look at the offense as well, and Starling Marte of the Marte Parte, he's been able to do a very good job for this Mets team, hitting right around 290. He had a multi-home run game a little bit earlier this week. Pete Alonso, he loved the big leagues in home runs on a per-game basis on the road last season. He's got 29 bombs. He's hitting a 275. Mark Canna, Brandon Nimmo, these guys are in between about a 262-270. Jeff McNeil, he has been hot recently. He's hitting well above a 300. And then for the Philadelphia Phillies, it's been a little bit of an issue not having Kyle Schwarber in the fold. So really caused the power to wind up dipping a little bit as he's got 34 home runs despite the fact that he hasn't necessarily been able to do the best job of being able to move the line in. He'll been able to get a little bit more recently out of JTB Mito along with Nick Cassianos. Both of these guys in between about a 255 to a 265. And then Reese Hoskins, he's got 26 bombs thus far this season. I know he's had some rather demonstrative righty and lefty splits, but he seems to have reigned those in since the beginning of the season. You need need a little bit more from the bottom of the fold. Guys like Matt Beerling, Bryson Stott, they have been a little bit up and down, but I do think that the Phillies are going to be able to get Aaron at his super best, and I do think that Chris Bassett, who has really been able to rate it in ever since it was a tough first half of the season, he's going to be able to provide a good start as well as Bassett has allowed one unearned run over his last three starts, so this is a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the under semi total at a 6.8 when it comes to the Phillies, was one to lay up to a minus 121 with them. So, look at Phillies and looking under. 907-908 on the betting board. It is the San Francisco Giants in the red faceoff against the Colorado Rockies. As Alex Wood is on the bump for the San Francisco Giants and Jose Reina goes for the Colorado Rockies. Giants are between a minus 155 and a minus 165 favorites between plus 140 and plus 145 is your price on the Colorado Rockies. 11.5 is your total. The over and the under, they are both at minus 110. And I did mind up saying my total at an 11 point. Alex Wood just seems to be getting no good luck no matter where he is because for Alex Wood, he's been able to get nine strikeouts per nine innings. He's been giving up just under home run per nine innings. Hasn't really been giving up a lot of walks as his walks per nine rate is too, but guys are just able to put the barrel on him against him. He's giving up an opponent's batting average overall of a 252, which does dip to a little bit closer to a 227 when he is on the road, but 
That said, when you do end up going to Coors Field, that is a little bit more difficult to the credit of Alex Wood. He has made three starts against Colorado, has given up just five runs, four of which are earned in 16 and two-thirds innings. And then you do have Jose Ureña, who's good at Ureñaing all over games. And it's been touch and go with him, to say the least. First three starts while he was with the Colorado Rockies, they went relatively solid. Things have went down the toilet bowl ever since then, giving up at least four runs in now three out of his last five starts overall, posting up a 480 ERA. You take a look at the advanced numbers, and it seems so uh, this might wind up going northward as he does have a 540 home ERA. He's given up five home runs in 25 innings thus far this season when he's been at home. And the big thing for Jose Reina is that he doesn't wind up getting a lot of strikeouts, and he still winds up giving up quite a few walks as well. That is not necessarily a great combination as... Overall for the season, he's getting five strikeouts per nine innings, 4.4 walks per nine innings. So even though he's got a 5.02 ERA overall for the season, especially with the Colorado Rockies, his fielding independent is more around a 5.60. Now, the good news for him is that the Colorado Rockies significantly better on offense at home as they are generating right around 5.5-ish runs per game when they are at home. That falls by more than two points when they are on the road. And for the Colorado Rockies, the big thing is the power. They get right around 0.6 to 0.65 home runs per game when they're on the road. More like 1.2 home runs per game when they're at home. CJ Crone of his 23 home runs, 17 of them have come at home. Brendan Rodgers among his 11 home runs. 10 of them have wound up coming at home, and the Rockies, they need a little bit of home cooking because they got a goose egg yesterday. You've got someone like Randall Gritchick. He's sitting right around at 285 at home below the Mendoza line of 200 when he's on the road, and even the bullpen pieces pitch a little bit better as well. Someone like Lucas Gilbreth, he's got north of a 5-5 ERA when he's on the road, a sub-3 ERA at home. Daniel Bart has always been very solid when he's been at home on the road. He does have a little bit of shakiness as well, and then when it comes to the San Francisco Giants, it's been incredible how the team has been able to put up a top 10 offense in terms of run score because right now you've got a pair of guys in Wilmer Flores and Jack Peterson with the combined 33 home runs really have not done too much here in the second half of the season. And other than that, you really don't have anyone with north of 12 home runs as Sergio Estrada, Mikey Stremski. Both of these guys have been able to provide between 11 and 12 home runs. Evan Longoria, he's been able to pound out 10, but you haven't necessarily had the most impressive play from a lot of these guys. You do have a few guys that are able to move the line as you've been able to have a 335 Sean base with Wilmar Flores, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, along with Evan Longoria. But, I mean, these guys have not necessarily been too supreme. They do a good job of being able to utilize their platoon splits, though. And with the Giants, what I think is going to be key for them, the improved bullpen pitching as John Brebbia, Jarlon Garcia, Camilio Duvall. They've all been able to provide sub-3-2 ERAs, but it's been guys like Dominique Leon. Whenever he's out there, Thomas Zapucky and company that have been costing the team. But the bullpen seems to be reining it in a little bit more. Alex Wood, he's been unlucky this season. I do think that that luck is going to reverse itself a little bit. I think that the Rockies still get theirs in terms of runs, but Jose Reina, I mean, he's got a strikeout to walk rate that is hovering right in the neighborhood of one. I think the, the Giants get to him. Set my total at 11.9 looking over with the Giants. Set the minus 173 on the money line on the run line. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 121. I'm seeing that run line anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. I'm going to lay the run in half with the Giants in this spot and take a look at this total over. 909-910 on the betting board. The St. Louis Cardinals hit the road face off against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Tommy Henry is going to be going for the Snakes and Miles Michaelis goes for the Cardinals and the Cardinals. They are favorites of any team minus 168 and minus 178. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Arizona, you're going to be getting them in between plus 150 and plus 158. Enough to 9 is your total on the 9 over and under, both at minus 
over 10. On the 8, the over is minus 120, and the under is even. Do you mind saying my tail at a 9.3? I am going to be taking a look at the over with Tommy Henry. Wound up posting up a few very nice starts. He's a kid from Michigan that I do think has a lot of upside. And he has to go up against the St. Louis Cardinals team, though, in which the offense has been very, very prevalent with this team. As you've got Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, one of the best one-two man combos that you're going to find in all of baseball. Being able to supply a combined 54 home runs as far this season. Arenado hitting at 295. Goldschmidt odds on favor to win NL MVP. He's got right around a 418 on base. It has been incredible. Brandon Donovan, after he spent some time out of the fold, he is back. He's hitting right around a 290 this season. And Albert Pools, ancient 42-year-old Albert Pools, over his last 30 days, I believe that he's made appearances in something like 12 or so games. He's been hitting right around a 400 ever since the All-Star break. He has found the fountain of youth, being able to pound out a few home runs. Nolan Gorman has been able to provide 13 home runs, even with Juan Yepes out of the fold for quite a while. Guys like Tommy Edmond have been able to move the line, hitting a 250, 24 stolen bases. Lars Newtbar, north of a 335 on base since the All-Star break, and they're going up against an Arizona Diamondbacks team, of which most of their power winds are coming on the road, right around 1.3, 1.35 home runs per game. On the road, more around 0.95 home runs per game at home. They've been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Quitel Marte of the Marte Parte as he's been dealing with a little bit of a hamstring issue. That's big because he Diamondbacks. They don't have a lot of guys who are able to move the line, and he's been hitting right around at 260 this season. Emmanuel Rivera, ever since he's come into the fold, actually looked very good for the team. First 11 games, hitting right around at 294 home runs. That has been very good for the team. And then you've got Joshua Ross, Jake McCarthy, both hitting above a 275 as well. Dalton Varsho, it's right around 240-16 home runs. And Christian Walker. He's been able to do a better job of moving the line ever since the All-Star break. Hitting a 223 overall for the season with 29 home runs, but has been able to hit about a 335-ish in terms of his on-base ever since the All-Star break, but got a lot of dead bats. You've got out there guys like Seth Beer, Cooper Hummel, Jordan Luplo, guys like this. They're aiming below the Mendoza line of 200. Geraldo Perdomo, you're able to throw him in there as well. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, you really don't have much of a bullpen to speak of. Joe Mantiply has been able to do a solid job for the team, posting up a sub-3 ERA. Kyle Nelson, whenever he's been out there, a long shot Poppin have been solid, but Nelson and Poppin currently on the injured list. They didn't have to burn up too much of their bullpen yesterday. He got a very good start out of Zach Gallon, so that's going to be a little bit beneficial. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they're going to be going up against a Cardinals team, in which they themselves have a solid bullpen. Ryan Helsley, all season long, has been able to register that sub on ERA. Genesis Cabrera is able to give you multiple innings. I do think that you're also going to be able to get a good start out of Miles Michaelis, who overall for the season has been very much a pitch contact guy. His strikeouts per nine rate in the neighborhood about seven. He's been giving up right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings. That has been a little bit of bugaboo for him, which is why he's got a 245 home ERA compared to a 459 ERA on the road, giving up right around 1.2-ish home runs per nine innings when he's on the road, but has done a great job of being able to contain the walks as well, giving up a little bit under two walks per nine innings. Michaelis just a lot of opponents at 273 off of on the road compared to a buck 98 at home. I think a little bit of this has been bad luck. I do think that the Diamondbacks are going to be able to get to him a little bit, but I also do think that the Cardinals wind up getting to Tommy Henry, who overall in his first three starts has posted up a 415 ERA with that set. He has also went up against the Colorado Rockies, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Cleveland Guardians and the Guardians. When you wind up going on the road against them, it's actually more beneficial than when you wind up going at home. Henry, I think that he's got a lot of upside. I don't think that this is going to be as nice. 
But with that said, I also do think that the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to be able to get to Michaelis as well with the road splits I want to playing out. I felt like the Diamondbacks should be a mid-size underdog here. I was willing to take anything of a plus 145 or greater, so I'm going to be taking a look there. Semi-total at a 9.3, so also looking at the over to go along with the Arizona Diamondbacks, as I do think that the bullpen can have its back a little bit in this one as well. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. It is Washington Nationals. They throw out their facing off against the San Diego Padres as Blake Snell goes for the pods, and Paulo Espino is going to be going for Washington. Washington, a very sizable favorite, anywhere between minus 325 and minus 365. Meanwhile, the Nationals, they are clocking in as anywhere between about a plus 275 to a plus $3 underdog. Eight is your total, the over and the under, and between minus 105 and minus 115. And when it comes to the Washington Nationals, need at least a plus 322 to take a shot. I'll just give you the Padres run line price right now. It is anywhere between minus 150 and minus 160. I was going to lay up to a minus 168 with them. When it comes to Blake Snell, he has been significantly better at home rather than on the road throughout the entirety of his career with the San Diego Padres. And that has been a little bit more the case this season. Not as demonstrative as it was last season where his home and road splits were north of a two-point difference. But 343 all ERA compared to a road ERA at 397. He's able to do a good job of being able to control the home runs. Overall, six bombs given up in 78 and two-thirds innings. Always what is key with him is he walks as he's been giving up a little bit over four walks per nine innings. But the way that the team has been able to perform in Blake Snell's recent starts, and it's been very good. The team is 4-1 and one in his last five starts after they began the season, I believe, 2-9 and nine in his first 11. So things are starting to look a little bit more rosy there. Meanwhile, for Paulo Espino, he's actually been able to lead the team to victory in three out of his last five stars, not necessarily due to the credit of his own, as the team has been able to provide at least four runs in four of those starts, so when they do decide to score runs, it's typically when Paulo Espino's on the mound, as he's been giving up right around 1.75 home runs per nine innings, to the credit of Espino, 1.7 walks per nine innings, but he's been much better out of the bullpen. North of a 5 ERA as a starter, a sub-2-5 ERA coming out of the bullpen. He's actually been a little bit better on the road, 395 road ERA, but still giving up eight home runs over the course of 41 innings when he is away from Washington. Opponents are right around 275 off of him and has to go up against a San Diego Padres lineup in which he got a trio of guys with at least 20 home runs thus far this season. Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Brandon Drury, and then with Brandon Drury, he's been able to do a solid job, hitting about a 270 for this team. Josh Bell's been in a little bit of a funk ever since he wound up getting to San Diego. He has been hitting below the Mendoza. I have 200 ever since that trade, but you got to figure that he's going to be able to pick it up and you've seen Will Myers, Hossum, Kim be able to do a solid job hitting right around 255 for Kim. He's been able to hit well above a 280 over the last 45 days for Washington. Just not a lot of power in this lineup. Luke Voigt, the former Padre, he's been able to pound out 16 home runs and he's the only guy on the roster currently that has north of 11. You take a look at it and you've got a lot of guys that are in between, I would say, about a 235 to a 245. Cesar Hernandez, Wayne Thomas, Nelson Cruz, they all find themselves in this fold along with Keep It Awees. So that has been a bit of an issue. You do have someone in Joey Manessis who in his first 12 games at the big league level wound up being able to supply five home runs. A little bit of a 30-year-old journeyman. And for the Washington Nationals, you've got a couple bullpen pieces that have not necessarily been too terrible. Kyle Finnegan, Steve Ciszek, a lot of these veterans. Plus, you got a sub-4 ERA for the San Diego Padres. 
They're looking to be able to get good Josh Hader once again because good Josh Hader, one of the best closers that we've seen in a long time in this league. He's not been himself since the beginning of the month of July, though, but been able to have Nick Martinez, Adrian Motohon be able to step up as more long relievers. Himmel, he's able to provide a sub-250 ERA over the last 50 days as well. I think that this should be, once again, domination by the San Diego Padres. I think that they get to Mr. Espino. They wind up cranking out a couple of deep flies, even though this is San Diego, very much a pitcher-friendly ballpark. So, did wind up making the Padres minus 168 on the run line. I'm willing to lay the run line in this spot. Made my total an 8.1, so looking at the over on 8 as well. 9-13, 9-14 on the betting board. It is the Miami Marlins. They throw the facing off against the LA Dodgers. Tyler Anderson is going to be going for the Dodgers, and Asus Lazardo is on the bump for Miami. Miami, another sizable underdog. You're going to be getting them in between plus 205 and plus 225. Meanwhile, with the Dodgers, it is any between minus 245 and minus 255. It is your total. The under is any between minus 115 and minus 125. The over is any between minus 105 and plus 105. Seeing straight seven and a half out there. The over is minus 120 and the under is even. With the Miami Marlins' lack of run support thus far, as you have seen them score three runs or fewer, and now 17 out of their last 18 games. I did wind up saying my total at some point, too. I think that the Dodgers are going to be able to bounce back after they wound up having to go up against Corbin Burns yesterday. The big question is, is Asus Lazardo going to be able to do enough to be able to keep this total under? And I do think that the answer is yes. Asus Lazardo is very good at being able to get his swing and miss stuff going right around 11 half strikeouts for nine innings thus far this season. Now, he has made just three starts since the middle of May. In those starts, he has given up a combined six runs over the course of 17 innings going up against the Reds, the Cubs, and the Atlanta Braves. Obviously, the Braves are wound up being the most brutal of them, but he's also given up just three walks in these starts as well. Lazardo has always had a little bit of a tough time in terms of command, so that is going to be beneficial for this team if he can keep that up. Meanwhile, Tyler Anderson, he has been pinpoint with his command all season long, right around 1.8 walks per nine innings, and he has been very dominant recently, giving up one run or fewer in four out of his last six starts, and for Anderson, you take a look at what he's been able to do in Los Angeles this season, a 230 home area, 7-0 across nine starts, 10 total appearances giving up less than a home run per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate, not necessarily supreme, right around seven-ish per nine innings, but he's been able to keep the contact to a minimum. Opponents are getting a 223 off of him, and for the LA Dodgers, they back him up with the best bullpen in the National League in terms of ERA. They did wind up having to use up a few pieces yesterday, and Craig Kimbrell, not someone that you want to rely upon. Who you do want to rely upon is Evan Phillips along with Caleb Ferguson. Both of these guys have provided a sub-2 ERA this season. They did wind up using up Reyes Monaco yesterday, he's been one of their less than trustworthy pieces, and David Price has actually been very solid along with Alex Vizia in the bullpen, both of these guys registering a sub-280 ERA. Chris Martin has been a relatively lost season for him, but if you take a look at the Dodgers lineup, it is very fearsome, and that is something that is certainly going to be coming into play when it comes to this under, because Mookie Betts, 27 home runs at the leadoff spot. He has been absolutely insane. And then you've got Trey Turner and Freddie Freeman. A pair of guys are in north of a 300 for Freeman, 16 home runs. Trey Turner down for, what, 18 bombs, and always a threat on the base paths as well. And then you've got Will Smith and Justin Turner down for what doing their part. Smith has been able to provide 17 home runs. And for Justin Turner, he did wind up spending quite a bit of time on the injured list, but really ever since, we're going to call it the beginning of the month of July, this guy has been able to do an incredible job being a bit well above a 300 for this bunch as well. For the Miami Marlins, you're just bereft of power right now. You've had Asus Aguiar be able to give the team 15 home runs, hitting about a 240, and I mean, that is about it. You've got a lot of dead bats that are out there in this fold as Jacob Stallings has not been able to get going all year long. AC Sanchez has been constantly injured, but when he's 
names out there along with Sullings, Brian De La Cruz, you're able to throw in there someone like J.J. Belayde along with Peyton Butterick. All these guys, they're posting up a batting average of a 222 or lower. They don't have guys that are able to move the line. And for the Marlins, it's not like the bullpen is too terrible. Richard Blyer, Dylan Floro, they're able to provide some relatively solid innings. Steven O'Curt has been able to give you a 3 ERA as well. They've got Cole Solzer off the injured list, but they're just not scoring any runs right now. That's why I set my total at 7.2. I'm looking at the under in this spot, and I just can't trust in the Marlins being able to provide enough support for our guy, Asus Lazardo for the LA Dodgers. Among their 81 wins, 72 have come by multiple runs. I do think that they're going to be able to cover this run line. I was willing to lay up to a minus 135 on the run line. I'm finding it anywhere between about a minus 115 to a minus 125. So, looking at the Dodgers on the run line, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under 915, 916 on the main board. The Boston Red Sox, they throw it face off against the Baltimore Orioles as Jordan Lyles is going to be going for the Orioles and you got Gunnar Crawford on the bump for Boston. Relative pick game here as Boston is finding themselves anywhere between even money and minus 115. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Baltimore, it's anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 9. Under is anywhere between minus 115 and a minus 130. The over is anywhere between plus 110 and minus 105 on the 8.5. Over is minus 120 and the under is even. Two minus saying my total at 8.6. I'm looking at one of the 9s under because when it comes to Jordan Lyles, he's been able to do a much better job of being able to keep the ball in the yard when he has been at home rather than when he has been on the road. For Jordan Lyles, he wound up giving up 38 home runs last season while he was at Texas and when he's been on the road this season in 14 starts, banning 75 and a third innings, he's given up 16 home runs. Three home runs and 59 and a third innings in Baltimore this season. Now, opponents are in at 279 off of him and for the Boston Red Sox, you do have Rafi Devers, couple with Xander Bogarts, a pair of guys are hitting above a 300 for the team, but J.D. Martinez is right now lost at the plate. He's been hitting about a buck 75 over the last two months. It has been deplorable. You've been able to have Christian Arroyo, Alex Verdugo move the line hitting between about a 275 to a 280. And Tommy Pham, ever since he's come over to the Boston Red Sox, he's been able to provide a few homers. He's been able to give the team about a 260 batting average, so he's been okay. But you got Jaron Duran back at the big league level after he allowed that inside the park grand slam. I don't think they should ever be allowed to step foot on the MLB level again, but discussion for another day. He, Bobby Dahlbeck, Kevin Ploiecki, they're in a 225 or lower along, Kike Hernandez, and then for the Baltimore Orioles, you don't necessarily have that one guy that's going out there hitting above a 300 or anything like that, but Anthony Santander has become their main power bat, being able to give this team 20 home runs as Santander, Austin the Saves Kid, Ryan Moncastle, Cedric Mullins, Ryan McKenna, all these guys in between about a 248 to a 264, throwing their Adelie Rushman as well. Ode Mateo, ever since the All-Star break, has been hitting above a 300. He's got a double-digit amount of homers. It's 27 stolen bases. That's in the top three in the American League. Mullins, he's got 25 as well, and the Red Sox, they just have such a big disadvantage when it comes to the bullpen as well. As for the Baltimore Orioles, you've got CNL Perez. You used to have Jorge Lopez. He wanted getting traded away, but Felix Batista, Joey Kreeble, Keegan Aiken, Dylan Tate, all these guys posting up a sub-3 ERA. Many of these guys wanted getting some rest yesterday. Meanwhile, for the Boston Red Sox, it's just been deplorable what we've seen out of Darwin's and Hernandez. He's got literally a 20 ERA thus far this season. They wound up not necessarily getting the length that they were hoping for out of Josh Winkowski yesterday, who did not wind up living up to the win part of his name as Austin Davis. You're able to throw in there Matt Barnes, Ryan Brazier. These guys are posting up north of a five-year out there in the bullpen. Garrett Woodlock has been solid. He did not wind up getting used up yesterday, so now it's bumping them out a little bit, but for Carter Crawford, it's been a little bit all over the place this season. He's got a 418 ERA. Good swing and miss stuff. A little bit over nine punch outs for nine innings. He's been able to do an okay job of being able to keep the ball in the yard as well. A little bit over a home run for nine innings and on the road. Two bombs given up over the course of 29 
nine and third innings, but opponents also had a 261 off of him when he is on the road. Could sometimes be a little bit erratic in terms of the command as well. He's given up over three and a half walks per nine innings. I do think that the Orioles are going to be able to get to him, and I do think that the Orioles have a big advantage in the back half of their bullpen. And this ballpark in Camden Yards, it has been playing much more pitcher-friendly. Do you mind him saying my total at 88.6, looking at a 9-under, and I was willing to lay up to a minus 133 with the Baltimore Orioles, so looking at the O's as well. 917-918 on the bang board. It is the Toronto Blue Jays on the road facing off against the New York Yankees. Jameis Satayon goes for the Yanks, and Kevin Galsman is going to be on the bump for Toronto. Toronto is a very slight underdog, and between a plus 102 to a minus 105. Meanwhile, with the Yankees, as good as a minus 102, as bad as a minus Minus 115. We are seeing the money coming in on Toronto. As I do this, it is your total over and under any between minus 105 and minus 115. I'm willing to trust a Jameis to tie on up to a minus 114. The opener at the Yankees at a minus 135. I was not willing to trust in him at that number, but here are more of a pick'em game. I'm going to be willing to do so. Now, Kevin Gosman as a fielding independent that is approaching right around two despite his 316 ERA. A big reason why. He's been very good at being able to get strikeouts, 10.5 punch outs per nine innings, sub two walks per nine innings. He's kept the ball in the yard, giving up right around .55 home runs per nine innings, and has actually been amazing on the road in comparison at home. 463 home ERA compared to a buck 83 on the road as opponent's batting average falls by nearly 95 points when he is on the road. That said, it just feels like whenever you watch him, he just doesn't have metrics that wind up lining up with how he pitches because he leaves the ball all over the plate a little bit too much in an effort to not wind up walking anyone. And that is reflected in his last five starts, giving up 13 runs over the course of 28 and a third innings, north of a four ERA. And that's not a team that you want to wind up leaving the ball out over the plate against in the New York Yankees. As I recognize that Aaron Judge has had a little bit of a struggle over the last week or two, but I mean, the guy still has 46 home runs, over 100 RBI. He has been amazing for the team. DJ Turner at Up LeMay, along with Andrew Benatendi, both provide north of a 375 on base. You've had Jose Trevino be able to do a nice job moving the line, hitting a 265. Blaber Torres grounded into a very bad double play a few days ago against the Tampa Bay Rays, but still 17 home runs. He's hitting a 250 for this team. Josh Donaldson, he's had a little bit of a rough year along with Anthony Rizzo in terms of hitting between about a 220 to a 225, but Rizzo has been able to go deep 28 times. Donaldson had that big grand slam, and for the Toronto Blue Jays, this is a championship lineup. Flagero Jr. all of a sudden has just hit complete and utter fire. Gets his 26th home run of the season yesterday. You take a look at what he's been able to do over the last 14 games. He's been able to slug out five bombs in that time span, so after he wound up having a little bit of a funk, he is back. Alejandro Kirk, Lourdes Gurriel. They're both hitting above a 295. Santiago Spinal has been solid. And Matt Chapman. How about this guy over the last 45 days and what he's been able to do? He's been able to, in that time span, hit over a 300. So he's been doing a nice job moving the line. George Springer is back to the fold as well. And for the Blue Jays, their bullpen is catching up to that of the New York Yankees because Clay Holmes currently on the shelf for the Yankees. Now, Ron Mananakio getting called up back to the Yankees. That's big. He, Wandy Peralta, both providing a sub-275 ERA. Lucas Lutke has been solid as well. But for the Blue Jays, I feel like they're bullpen is a little bit slept upon as Anthony Bass is someone that they want to picking up at the trade deadline. Jordan Romano has been able to provide north of 20 saves this season. They're without Tim Meza, but Yimi Garcia, Zach Pop, whenever he's been out there, these guys have a sub-3 ERA. Adam Simber right around a 3 ERA. So I do think that the Blue Jays provide a little bit of value, but I do think that James Satayon could be able to bear down in this spot as he himself has been able to do a nice job not providing a lot of walks right around 1.3, 1.4 walks 
per nine innings at Yankee Stadium has been a little bit better with a 361 home year compared to a 433 on the road, giving up a little bit over a home run per nine innings when he has been at home. has been a little bit up and down in his last five starts, giving up five home runs in that time span, but opponents have also been hitting a sub-200 in that span as well. One away up to a minus 114 with the Yankees. I do think that both of these starters are going to be able to provide a relatively good start after we wound up seeing things get a little bit more harebrained yesterday. They wound up saying my total at 7.8, so looking under and looking at the Yankees. 919, 920 on the betting board. It is the Detroit Tigers. They play also the LA Angels, says Patrick Sandoval is going to be going for the Angels, and Matt Manning is on the bump for Detroit. Detroit is an underdog of any team plus 110 and plus 118. Meanwhile, for the Angels, in between minus 123 and minus 130 is your price. 7.5 is your total. The over is any team minus 110 and minus 115. The under is any between minus 105 and minus 110. And with the Angels, was willing to lay up to a minus 136 with them. Matt Manning has, throughout his young career, always been significantly better at home rather than on the road. As a matter of fact, his ERA winds up falling by north of three points when he is at home rather than when he is on the road but I do think that things are going to adjust a little bit from there. He does allow opponents at a 270 off of him. I'm very much a pitcher contact guy as he's only been able to get right around six punch shots per nine innings. So it is a relatively small sample size as Manning has made five starts this season, just three since the end of April. So he's been quite banged up. And then for Patrick Sandoval, the team has just not been able to give this guy any run support whatsoever. You really feel for someone like Patrick Sandoval because ever since the beginning of the month of July, the team has posted up a record of one and six in his seven starts, and he hasn't been too bad. There have been three out of his last five starts where he has allowed two runs or fewer. As a matter of fact, four out of his last six starts in which he's allowed two runs or fewer, and the LA Angels have just come up snake eyes every single time as you do take a look at this Angels lineup and Choi Otani has been terrific for this team. Hitting at 265, 27 home runs. He has been consistent all throughout. Jared Walsh, Taylor Ward, they combined for 30 home runs, but these guys have been so up and down that it's not even funny. Ward is starting to find it a little bit more, but he's still hitting below a 200 over the last 45 days. Jared Walsh has been hitting below a 200 over the last 45 days. Luis Ranifo, he's been a nice surprise. He's hitting a 275, but as long as Mike Trout has been out of the fold, it's been really bad because you just take a look at some of these dead bats like Mangolia Sierra, Jack Mayfield, Kurt Suzuki, Max Tassi, Andrew Velasquez, all these guys in a 205 or lower. It was a joke when they threw out their Monte Harrison, a man that wound up hitting below a buck 75 for one year with the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers when I was still living in the state of Wisconsin, so that was not great. And then, you know what else is a joke? The Detroit Tigers offense, as they are currently dead last in terms of home runs, as they've been able to provide 71 overall. Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo by themselves on the Yankees have more, and, and it was so bad that Spencer Torkelson got sent down to triple a. You've got Cody Clements, Jameer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Tucker Barnard, Des Cameron, Akil Badu, only a 219 or lower. Javi Baez is the only man that has more than 10 home runs for this team with the 11, but for the Tigers, they do provide a bullpen with an ERA that is in the top six. Even with Michael Former out of the fold, they've been able to maintain as Jason Foley, Joey Jimenez, Alex Lang, Willie Peralta, Gregory Soto, all these guys have a sub-3-3 ERA, and then Ryan Tepera and Aaron Loop on the flip side for the LA Angels, both providing ERAs are hovering right around four. Jimmy Ergen has been a solid multi-inning guy for this team. Jesse Chavez, a few nights ago, you wound up allowing five runs in an inning. That's not necessarily going too terrific for this team. The long guys like I mean, but yeah, Mike Myers and company have actually been relatively solid, but no faith in this Angels bullpen, but I do have a lot of faith in Patrick Sandoval, and 
quite frankly, both of these offenses, they are not good. Except I told at some point to you, I'm looking at the under. I think that Sandoval going to be able to outdo Matt Manning in this spot because with Sandoval, a little bit over nine strikeouts per nine innings, has been able to do a very solid job on the road as well, posting up a 347 road ERA compared to a 338 home ERA and going up against a Stegers team. I do think that he's going to be able to reign supreme. Willing to lay up to a minus 138 with the Angels and looking at the 7.5 under. 921, 922 on the bank board. The Kansas City Royals, they throw a face off against the Tampa Bay Rays. Shane McClanahan is going to be going for the Rays and Brady Singer. Open to make the other team sing the blues for the Royals as the Royals, they're between plus 170 and plus 180 underdogs. Anywhere between minus 195 and minus 205 is your price on the Rays. 6.5 is your total. The overs anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The unders anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Needed at least a plus 208 to take a shot on Singer. And Singer has been able to perform very well recently, but I do think that we are going to see the best of Shane McClanahan here in his last start against the Baltimore Orioles. Got back a little bit more to his normal self, giving up two runs over the course of six innings. As for Mr. McClanahan, he has given up more than four runs in just one of his starts thus far this season. And as a matter of fact, Prior to the slump that he wound up having at the end of July, he had not given up more than three runs in a start all season long. He has been very dominant in terms of what he's been able to do at home. 237 home ERA compared to a 213 ERA on the road. Overall, giving up less than home run per nine innings, fewer than two walks per nine innings, strikeouts per nine rate, hovering right around 11. And for Brady Singer, he's been able to do a supreme job since he brought up getting recalled from the minor leagues over the course of his last 11 starts. He's been providing a sub 2.5 ERA. To take a look at his last five. Five starts, as a matter of fact, that's a buck sixty-seven. That includes a start against the LA Dodgers, giving up two home runs in that time span. His command has been very solid as well, giving up two point two walks per nine innings this season. For the Kansas City Royals, they're starting to pick it up in terms of their offense as well. As you've got a trio of guys in Bobby Wood Jr., Salvador Perez, throw in there MJ Melendez, all providing between fourteen and sixteen home runs as far this season. Perez needs a little bit of help with the batting average, but Hunter Dozier is back in the fold. He, Nicky Lopez, Bobby Wood Jr., in between about a two forty two. 250, a little bit of an under the radar guy, Michael Massey, is to be able to hit at 300 as well. And Vinny Pasquantino, after he had a rough go of it first few weeks at the big league level, ever since the All-Star break, he's got nearly a 400 on base. And then for the Tampa Bay Rays, they do wind up getting back in the fold. Harold Ramirez, he's been hitting above a 300. He wound up having a deep ball in that series against the New York Yankees. Randy Rosarena has been able to hit about a 255 for this team. David Peralta as well. And then G-Man Choi, he has seen things go down the toilet bowl for him. He's down to about a 340 on base over the last 30 days, hitting a buck 18. You still have Yandy Diaz, who's been a constant for the team, hitting at 285. But concern that you've got with the team is that Randy Rosarena, 16 home runs, and currently by far leads away Isaac Paredes. It's really the only other guy that's been able to give you north of 12 home runs. But you've had Roman Quinn be able to step up ever since he has joined the race. He's been hitting above a 250. Meanwhile, Jose Siri, he's now getting night in and night out at bats. He's been able to improve himself a little bit as well. But the Tampa Bay Rays, they've got such a supreme pitching advantage, both with the starting pitching and then with the bullpen as well. As Rays, they're currently dead last in the American League in terms of bullpen ERA. Amara Garrett has been terrible all season long, north of a 4-5 ERA. Taylor Clark is on the injured list. Josh Shamon since he came off the injured list, has not been himself. You've had Dylan Coleman be able to provide some good innings, but Jose Cuas has seen some regression. Meanwhile, Brooks Raley has been able to do a solid job with right around a 3 ERA. You've been able to have some good innings out of Colin Pooch as well. Now Jalen Beeks wound up getting lit up in the Bronx, but 
Pat said he's been solid. Jason Adam, a sub two ERA. P. Fairbanks that's coming back has been good as well, which is why I did wind up making the raise. Minus 208 on the money line. When it comes to the run line, currently you're finding the raise. Plus 115. I was willing to take even money or better here, so I'm going to be taking a look at that run line. Set by total at 6.4. I think that Brady Singer is going to be able to deliver a good start. I just think that McClanahan is going to be able to just completely hold down the Royals in this spot as well. So, looking at the 6.5 under along with the raise run line. 923-924 on the betting board. This is going to be the DK Nation pick as the Chicago White Sox at third faceoff against the Cleveland Guardians. Tristan McKenzie is on the bump for the Guardians and Lance Lynn is on the bump for the White Sox. White Sox between plus 110 and plus 125 underdogs. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Cleveland, it's anywhere between minus 125 and minus 135. 7.5 is your total. Overs between minus 115 and minus 120. Unders anywhere between even a minus 105. DK Nation pick is on the over. Set my total at a 9.1. When it comes to Lance Lynn, he has been a deplorable starter all season long, giving up at least four runs and now six out of his last nine starts. I mean, this guy has not been good. A 5.62 ERA. He has given up 13 home runs at 65 and two-thirds innings. Now, to his credit, not giving up a lot of walks. Fewer than 1.8 walks per nine innings, and on the road, it just gets worse. In his five road starts, 746 ERA. He has given up three runs or more in, I believe, all but one of his starts. It has been not so great. Now, over the last three days, he's been wearing things in a little bit more, posting up a 334 ERA over his last five starts, but a lot of that is because he has been able to have the benefit of going up against Kansas City Royals twice, the Guardians went at home, the Detroit Tigers, and the Oakland A's, so I think that that's a product of the competition that he's pitching against. Meanwhile, you take a look at Tristan McKenzie, and he's given up four plus runs and now two out of his last four starts as well, but with Tristan McKenzie, has been able to do a very solid job of being able to lessen the walks as compared to last season. He's been giving up right around two and a half walks per nine innings. When it comes to McKenzie, he's given up less than a home run per nine innings when he's at home on the road. That winds up ballooning to right around 1.6 home runs per nine innings and at home. Opponents are just a buck 80 off of him, but he is going up against a White Sox team that they lead the big leagues in terms of batting average on the road. You don't have a lot of power when it comes to the White Sox as Jose Abreu, Luis Robert, along with Andrew Vaughn, they've all got between 12 and 14 home runs and currently they lead the way and Luis Robert has been on the injured list throughout the season. He's not on the injured list currently, but has missed the last few days, but Eloy Menace has come back. He's hitting well above a 300 for the team. You've had a couple guys at the bottom, like a Lurie Garcia, Yohan Moncada, and company that they needed to pick it up with their batting average, but by and large, it's not necessarily been too much of an issue for the Chicago White Sox. They've been able to unearth a little bit in terms of the bullpen. A couple of failed starters in Ronaldo Lopez, along Jimmy Lambert, have been able to provide a sub-3 ERA. You've got Liam Hendricks, and then you've got Kendall Graveman, who have been able to do a great job in the bullpen as well. And then for the Guardians, Emmanuel Classe has been lights out as a closer. James Karinczak, an amazing eighth inning guy for the team as well. Nick Samlin, he's been able to do some good things out in the bullpen as well. And for the Guardians, it's been a little bit of a tough time for them being able to go yard at home as they're averaging right around .65 home runs per game when they're at home, but they just do a good job of being able to move the line as well as Josh Naylor, Andres Jimenez, Jose Ramirez, Amid Rosario, Oscar Gonzalez, Stephen Kwan, all hitting at least at 273 for the team. Ramirez, 22 bombs, 98 RBI. All these guys, they just really know their role. They don't strike out very often. I do think that they're going to be able to do a great job of being able to get to Lance Lynn in this spot, which is why I did wind up making the Guardians a minus 148 favorite, so I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on the Guardians. McKenzie's been struggling a little bit recently. Lynn is 
that a season to forget. I think both of these starters wind up giving up plenty of runs, and both of these teams do a good job of moving the line. Semi-total in a 9.1 DK Nation pick on the over, and I'm looking at the Guardians' money line. 925-926 on the bank board. It is even as a Twins. They play to the Texas Rangers. Martin Perez is going to be going for the Rangers, and Dylan, don't call him out. Bundy is on the bump for Minnesota. Minnesota is a favorite of any between minus 133 and minus 140. Meanwhile, take a look at the Rangers. You're getting anywhere between plus 120 and plus 128 with 8 being your total. Over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even a minus 110. I made the Rangers a very slight favorite. Martin Perez has been a dazzler all season long as from 2018 to 2020, he wound up having right around 3.8 walks per nine innings. He has completely reversed that this season. He's given up fewer than three walks per nine innings this campaign, and the big thing for Martin Perez has been the road just consistency, 297 road ERA compared to a 260 ERA at home, giving up four home runs at 72 and two-thirds innings on the road. Opponents overall are hitting a 233 off of him. Now, Dylan Bundy has been significantly better in Minnesota rather than on the road. As a matter of fact, 583 road ERA compared to a 283 at home. That's three points of difference, but it's got a much smaller sample size at home. Seven starts compared to 13 on the road. He has been giving up right around one home run per nine innings in Minnesota. I really do think that this ballpark is suited for Dylan. Don't call him Al Bundy. His swing and miss stuff has been way down this season, getting right in the neighborhood about seven punch outs per nine innings. Typically, you expect that to be a little bit more up, and he is more of a fly ball pitcher. And with the Minnesota Twins, what you do have for this team as well is a guy in Byron Buxton who's been able to slug out 28 home runs, about a home run every 12 over saw bats, but I don't necessarily have a ton of power behind him now. You've seen Carlos Grabio pick it up here in Ore Palanco, both between 14 and 15 home runs, and you've got a lot of guys that move the line. Luis Arias hitting a 335 has been tremendous. Jose Miranda over the last 45 days has been hitting well above a 300, and then you've got Gilberto Cicino, Kyle Garlic, Gio Rochelle, Alonso Correo I mentioned earlier, in between about a 265 to a 272 garlic morade 255-ish, but things hasn't been able to do a solid job. But then you take a look at the flip side for the Texas Rangers, and you got relatively balanced power with this team as well. As Corey Seager has been the men, main guy in terms of being able to pound out the deep ball, 26 home runs, but on top of that, Adolis Garcia, along with Seager, Jonah Heim, Charlie Culberson, only between about a 252 to a 258 with Adolis Garcia, 19 home runs, Marcus Simeon, he's saying a 235, 18 home runs, all after the first 40 games of the season. He's had an almighty funk to begin the season now with the Rangers. Bullpen has been dealing with a couple of ailments, but now they've got Joe Barlow back in the fold. That's going to be able to help them out. Matt Moore, Brock Burke, both of these guys are providing a sub-2 ERA. Jose LeClerc has been a little bit all over the place along Jonathan Hernandez, but Hernandez, he's been able to figure it out. Sub-250 ERA, and then Emilio Pagan along Caleb Theobar in the Twins bullpen. Not necessarily trustworthy guys. I like you on Duran. He's been able to provide a sub-250 ERA. They pick up Ore Lopez along with Michael Fulmer at the deadline. These are good pieces as well, so I do think that things are going to be reined in a little bit more with this regard, so I did wind up saying my total at an 8.4. I do think that Bundy he's going to start to give up the deep ball a little bit more and I think that Perez is as well, so I'm going to look at the 8 over, but I do think that with Perez he gives a better start than Dylan Bundy allowing the Texas Rangers to be able to get the job done, looking at the over and looking at the Rangers. 927-928 on the bank board. The Seattle Mariners are throwing face off against the Oakland A's. Cole Irvin is going to be going for the A's and Marco Gonzalez is going to be on the bump for Seattle. Seattle is anywhere between a minus 126 and a minus 135 favorite between 
plus 115 and plus 120 is your price on Oakland. 7 to 7.5 is your total on the 7. Over is between minus 120 and minus 130. Under is between even plus 110. On the 7.5, under is between minus 115 and minus 120. The over is between even and minus 105. And I made Oakland a very slight minus 104 favorite. Cole Irvin has been absolutely masterful at home. The guy has given up one home run in north of 60 innings in Oakland thus far this season, and it has been darn near unhittable. As overall for the season, Cole Irvin, 6-10 record, 3-1-3 ERA. You can deduce that he's been getting a little bit unlucky, but you take a look at the home numbers. Buck 66 ERA across 11 starts, 70 and a third innings. He's given up two home runs, so giving him only credit for one, but he's given up two, but he's been able to do a solid job. Opponents staring a buck 94 off of him. Very much a pitcher contact guy. Even at home, he only gets right around 6.2 strikeouts per nine innings, but Oakland, a very pitcher-friendly ballpark, really suits him well, especially in the nighttime when you've got the Marine layer out. Meanwhile, Marco Gonzalez, he just allows bombs. This guy has given up right around 1.7 home runs per nine innings, so actually pitching in Oakland, not the worst thing for Marco Gonzalez, as He's got a 487 road here, giving up 12 home runs and 57 and a third innings on the road. But opponents also hitting a 306 off of him. He just gives up a lot of contact in general. Now with Oakland, the big issue that you got with this team is that you don't have a single guy that has seen more than 30 at bats that's hitting above a 250 thus far this season. As Sean Murphy is a guy hitting a 249, 16 home runs for him, and Seth Brown 17 home runs ever since the All Star break. North of a 330 on base, so that has been encouraging. But you've got a bunch of guys. Like a Chad Pinder, Elvis Andrews, you're able to throw in there when he's out there. Vimeo Machine hitting right around about a 235-ish. Now, with the Oakland A's, though, you do have a relatively solid bullpen as Domingo Acevedo, Zach Jackson, Sam Mull, A.J. Puck, all these guys are providing a sub-3-3 ERA. Danny Menace has come off the injured list. He's looks out in for the Seattle Mariners over the last two months. Number one team in terms of bullpen ERA. It has been a case of which Eric Swanson, whenever he's been out there, Penn Murphy, Paul Sewell, all season long, these guys have been able to provide a sub-270 ERA in Diego Casio and Andres Munoz. After bad starts of the year, they have really been able to pick it up. And then you take a look at this Mariners lineup, and now you've got Julio Rodriguez back in the fold. He and Eugenio Suarez, a combined 39 home runs thus far this season. Both of these guys provide an approximate 327 on base. You've had Ty France begin to regress a little bit, but still hitting about a 285 for the team. You could use a little bit more at the bottom. Cal Raleigh has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers, but he, Dylan Moore, Abraham Toro, these guys hitting a 225 or lower. Carlos Santana has been an albatross for the team, but they get back Mitch Haniger. Very small sample size with him, but he's been able to hit a 285 last season. He wound up being able to provide 30-plus home runs, came up with a bunch of clutch hits, but I do think that both of these starters could be able to do a solid job. The ace, they just don't have a lot on offense, and Cole Irvin has been completely dominant in Oakland, and I think that his domination is going to continue. I think that the pitching matchup with these starters, very big. Cole Irvin, capable of going seven-plus innings to be able to take even more of the bullpen out of the fold as well. They wind up saying Batola is 6.7, so looking under to go along with the A's. Money blind, we're going to wrap things up with 929, 930 on the bang board. The Houston Astros hit the road face off against the Atlanta Braves as Kyle Wright hopes he be Mr. Wright for Atlanta, and Lance McKellas Jr. is on the bump for Houston. Houston is an underdog of any team plus 115 and plus 120. Meanwhile, with Atlanta, you're going to be getting them anywhere between minus 125 and minus 132 with your total 8.5 over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. Was blown away up to a minus 127 when it comes to the Atlanta Braves. So we're seeing some minus 125, minus 126. That is the absolute max I'm willing to lay, but I am willing to lay it. Now, Lance McCullers Jr. in his first start against the Oakland A's looked very dominant. If you take a look at his minor league results, he was posting up north of a 5 ERA. He looked a little bit shaky there. Now, you don't want to have that be an end-all be-all, but 
I do think that when he winds up going up against a more legitimate offense, and it doesn't get much more legit than the Atlanta Braves, that he is going to wind up having some issues. Meanwhile, for Kyle Wright, he's been giving up a little bit over a home run per nine innings. Has been very good at home. 9-2 record, 305 ERA, giving up about .9 home runs per nine innings. Has been able to keep the walks down as well. He's been giving up right around 2.7-ish walks per nine innings. His strike has per nine rate hover in the neighborhood about 8.6. And then for the Atlanta Braves, you just take a look at this lineup and you've got so many guys up and down it that are able to match as you've had Austin Riley do an absolutely incredible job all season long. He's been able to provide 75 RBI, hitting about a 290, 29 plus home runs around the Jr., 365 on base. You've had the young guy in Mr. Von Grisham hit a 400 ever since he wanted getting called up. Travis Sarano has been solid at the catcher spot along with William Contreras. Both of these guys have the double-digit amount of farmers. Both of these guys hitting above a 250. Matt Olson has struggled a little bit in terms of average for the season. It's been a lot of hot and cold with him, but 25-plus home runs. Michael Harris the second. Dansby Swanson. They've been constants for the team. And for the Atlanta Braves, the bullpen has been a little bit touch and go. It's been a little bit tougher for A.J. Minter over the last 45 days, but he, Dylan Lee, Jackson Stevens, all these guys have been able to post up an ERA of a 330 or better. They pick up Rossiel Iglesias at the trade deadline. Kenley Jansen is coming off the injured list. Has been relatively solid and for the Houston Astros. Number one team in terms of bullpen ERA. As you've got Seth Martinez, Rafael Montero throwing their Ryan Stanek, all providing a sub-2-5 ERA. Brian Presley has been very good at the closer spot because the game was such a blow yesterday. They were able to have more of their trustworthy pieces be backed up with a little bit more rest. So that winds up being able to help them out as well. So I do think that that is going to lead to a game in which both of these guys could be able to come out, lend a relatively solid start. But I do think that Lance McCullers Jr. going to have a tough time facing off against this Atlanta Braves lineup as the Houston lineup, it is still very solid. It's seen a little bit of a step down from past years, especially with Michael Brantley out of the full, but Jordan Alvarez, 31 home runs, hitting a 297. I certainly don't think we're going to be seeing 21 runs in this game, much like we wound up seeing yesterday, but got Kyle Tucker, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, all providing between 18 and 21 home runs. And for Bregman, he was having a slow start to the season, which, I mean, that is very, very common for him. But now he's back up to having north of a 360-ish on base. Take a look at what he's been able to do over the last three days. And his on base has been right around a 390 with a 325 average. So that has been very nice to see. Elamendi Ciaz, he's hitting above a 300 over the last 45 or so days. So I do think that the Astros are going to be able to get to Kai Wright a little bit. But I do think that Lance McCullers Jr. going to be the issue here. Semi total at an 8.1 looking at the under end. Want to lay up to a minus 127 with Atlanta. And that will wrap things up. For the Friday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family of Podcasts, a big thanks to Jason Radowitz of Bookmaker Review and Odds Checker for joining me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer this in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit Keep in mind, letters ZM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline, and the other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Right, that five-star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.